and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in, Miller and Condon, on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3. On the FM dial, as uh, we return to local programming for the next couple of hours, and appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent Condon and myself. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, here today, once again, kind of all over the place in the next couple of hours, we will talk to Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com, recap uh, yesterday's games, pick his brain perhaps as uh, what he's hearing uh, regarding... um I hate to say it, but we're at that point. The next coach uh, of the Iowa State men's basketball program, Kevin Lehman, will be here. We'll go around the big four hoops with Kevin. He had the Drake Loyola back-to-backer at the Knapp Center for ESPN2 this past weekend. I assume... Uh, that he will be at the McLeod Center tonight for Drake and you and I. But uh, regardless if he is or he isn't, he'll be with us at 1045. It's Wednesday. That means Cappy joins us to kick off our number two. David Kaplan, uh, the Cap Man from Chicago, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago, uh, will join us. We'll do the Bears as Carson Wentz on the cusp of being traded. If so, is he going to be a Bear or does he not want to be a Bear? Is he going to hold out for the Colts? Uh, so we'll talk about that to Jake Arrieta, the Chicago White Sox, uh, pitchers and catchers, dot, 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 with Cappy. And then to finish things out, we're going to do a, a double dip. We're going to go down to the well where state wrestling is underway. Uh, Cody Goodwin is going to join us. Terrific, terrific, talented uh, writer, uh, journalist from the Des Moines Register. And Chris Dobertine will talk brackets as Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, lives in Texas. And things are no good in that state. By the way, before we get into things, I, uh, Chris, good morning. Yes, hello. Uh, Chris uh, Connolly from the Events Center reached out to me this morning and asked me if I would pass this along a couple of times. Of course we will. Um, please, let, uh, please let your audience know that limited high school wrestling tickets are available for all sessions except for the finals on Saturday night. You have to go to hyvtix.com, hyvtix.com to purchase your ducats online. No ticket availability at the arena box office. It's all online. So the box office is closed. If you want to go see the state wrestling, any of the sessions with the exception of the finals on Saturday night, there are still limited tickets available, and you have to go to hyvtix.com to purchase them online. That's the only way you can get those tickets. Well, going to be a fun wrestling tournament. As you mentioned, state duels already underway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will find out the quarterfinal round conclusion here coming up in just a little bit. Uh, expect, of course, Southeast Polk, as they normally do, to make a run. Might be them against Waverly for another 3A championship. And we will have updates throughout the day, both today, tomorrow, and Friday. But play-by-play on Friday, as we will bring you both the 3A quarterfinals about 9.45 or so Saturday okay. or Friday morning. And uh, you'll take the air right after I finish up at about 10.45 All right. before I hustle back for the 11 o'clock hour. And then also my favorite session, of course, championship night on Saturday. It's incredible. 
But those semifinals, to get to that moment mm-hmm. in any class, and they rotate what class gets the, the late bid oh, do they on really? Friday night. Yeah, it's something that continues to rotate. This year, it I is... I just would have assumed it would have been the big class. Yeah, it changes. Well, remember, I think it was last year, maybe, both Thursday and Friday, I was able to do some play-by-play. This year, because of the schedule change, uh-huh. it's just on Friday morning. But those semifinal rounds, those kids fighting to get to that championship match on that night... It is incredible. Plus, it is the last time you get the the eight mats together for those guys still fighting. Yeah. You get it for the Constellation Saturday during the morning and, and early afternoon. But you get the eight mats out there. There's semifinals. There is action. And to me, it is maybe the best pure wrestling moments that you get of the whole tournament is that semifinal Friday night. And, and you will be on the air for that? Yep, be on the air for that. So we'll bring you the Six quarterfinals. O'clock? Uh, 7.30 okay. is when it will begin, so we'll take the air about 7.15 to get ready for Friday night. Quarterfinals, 9.45 Friday morning, the semifinals that night. And though we won't be on the air here on KXNO, we will have a audio screen for, Saturday? for the sa- Saturday championship matches. Okay. So, you, uh, so I'm sorry I interrupted you. Yeah. There'll be an audio stream, so mm-hmm. where, where will we find that? KXNO.com. Okay. I'll also tweet it out. We'll put it out on the Facebook page. Okay. Uh, you can find it a lot of different places. So we'll push I'm assuming the Wild are playing? They are, yep. Gotcha. So the Wild will be on the air, but mm-hmm. we'll still have an audio feed for you for those championship matches. If you can't be in front of the TV, you got your smartphone, just click, and you'll be able to listen on that route. So how many radio outlets... I mean, it's obviously this is going to be a different year, right. uh, I would assume. Normally, is this the is this the tournament, or is it the girls' boys' basketball where you've seen for 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 years the, the I don't know the signage or whatever right, of right. all the small and we don't get the signage anymore. You don't get to do that. No, at all? like we is did back right? in the day at Vets, which yeah was incredible. No, it really was. Seeing all the, yeah, the different it was places, cool. all and, the small towns and yes. the small town AM station. But think of it this way. way. Over. We have, in boys' basketball, 32 teams get there. In girls' basketball, five classes, 40 teams get there. Okay. Here, you're talking about hundreds. It's awesome. It might be a kid from Riceville, and he's the only kid going, but he's going to be the one. Mm-hmm. And, and you get you know just all these little outposts. Now, anymore, you know, in the past, those places would have their own radio station. Well, as more and more yeah. of the smaller stations have gone away, it'll be regional, but you'll see a place you know, where I'm from. I, I know the guy that'll be calling the Mitchell County kids. Instead of just Osage, it'll be Osage and St. Ansgar and Riceville, and we'll be getting all of them out there and, and going that direction. You'll see more of that, but because of limited seating in the press box area, normally we're all shoulder to shoulder. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, Not going to be the case this no, year. So they be. have some overflow, and uh, I'll be in one of the corners. So going to get down there, I think, this afternoon and take a peek what my Scope vantage out. point's going to be. Yes, Good stuff. All right, so uh, we will look forward to that. And, of course, uh, Friday morning and Friday evening. And then there'll be a link at kxno.com if you uh, would uh, like to listen to the action on Saturday night. What time do the finals start? Uh, 6 o'clock is when the Grand March starts. So it's just about 6.30 or so uh-huh. when they get started with the actual. So you'll be on the air at, I mean, not on the air, on, on .com at 6 o'clock? Yep. Gotcha. And that's where you'll be able to check us out there. Should be fun. Love the state wrestling tournament, as you know. It's is just, Cody going to sit in with you at all? Is the schedule allowed? He allow? is. Uh, if the schedule will allow. Yeah. I know uh, Kirk, uh, who works over at IE Russell, he's also going to be sitting in with me. Just got a note from Tony Hager with that. And really enjoy Kirk. Really good guy that knows his wrestling at a very high level, which always helps. My wrestling career didn't go very well. 
And we heard about your hockey exploits. I was one in twenty three in my career, so yeah. Yeah, not a, not a great wrestler, but I love the sport. Hey, it's a bad night since much of myself, <laughs> as everybody did who played sports growing up. Right, there's some highlights you remember, but some bad ones as well. You want to forget. Anyways, uh, speaking of want to forget. Um, it's not even fun talking about Iowa State uh-huh. basketball, Trent. It's just not. Uh, it's uh, And there were moments yesterday. Trent, they were going to cover for crying out loud. <laughs> when they got it to six, six or it was seven. Six or seven, yes. Yeah. And I, here they come. I, I thought the same thing. And in a snap of a finger. Boom, it was gone. couple of open three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Cade Cunningham. Uh, Trent, he's the, the first best player half. in the conference. I, Butler's a wonderful player, and he'll be the player of the year in the conference. But they have a lot of guys on that Baylor team. Right. This kid, good God, he's fun to watch. Yes. And I'm glad that, um, well, not for Iowa State's sake, because he's a difference maker. We didn't play when the team mm-hmm. was, as we've discovered, we were making our case for Iowa State going to not only cover, maybe win this game, because after all, the second, third, and fourth leading scores weren't out. Look a little deeper at that box score, Ken. Yeah, huh? Kate Cunningham didn't play in that game. He is so good, Trent. You can tell why the NBA is just salivating over mm-hmm. him with his size and what he's going to, you would think, uh, be able to do at the next level. But look, um, I thought, you, trying to find a positive, George Condit scored two points in the basketball game. And you look at the, if you just saw the box score, you think, eh. Another two. I thought he had some of his best minutes as a Cyclone. This season, certainly. And he looked like he belonged. He did. Now, with the, he had one. Was it the West Virginia game? I remember coming in here one morning and talking about, I thought Condit had his best game of the year. And then at the, the, the two games against Kansas kind of disappeared a little bit. But this was the guy that we... So we, we need a little bit more consistency from him on a game-in, game-out basis, but I thought he played pretty well yesterday. It was probably the West Virginia That's what I thought game. it was, yep. West Virginia. Yep. Uh, Coleman Lands uh, led the way scoring-wise. Um, that the, They didn't shoot well from three, but he made the most threes on the team. Bolton had some highlights. He also had some cover-your-eye moments uh, with some of the turnovers. Um, he didn't have a ton, but he had a couple of his just um, you know egregious ones. Because he's not a point guard. That's true. He's, he's not a point guard. He's not a point guard. They don't have no. a point guard. Fair point. Jaden Walker is not a point guard. Jaden tried Johnson. to make one. Right. Jaden mm-hmm. Johnson. Jalen Coleman Lance. These are all two guards masquerading as point guards yep. and having to run it because they don't have that guy. Mm-hmm. They don't have that guy that can run the team. Tyler Harris, well, he's 5'9". You would think that it would be him. He's not a point guard. No. He is an undersized two. Mm-hmm. So when you put this together and that's all your guards... You know, Monte Morris, what a difference a guy like that makes just running your offense and understanding what you can do. Because Monte Morris, his importance to that team, even early in his career, was so much well, different. Do you know who he tutored his first year? I mean, DeAndre Kane, yes. who was not a point. He was a, he was a do-it-all. He was a Swiss Army knife, him and Royce White. Those are two, two Cyclones, just, just some tr- tremendous, tremendous college players. Um, but yeah, I mean... Um, Kane was so good. Boy, he was fun to watch. But how, anyways, how come that guy didn't stick in the yeah, league? That's another one that he just, I'd never didn't understand. That, that. I, I'm with yes, you. I would have bought stock in his NBA career, uh-huh. and it would have been uh, worthless. Um, anyways. Next year, Tyrese Hunter is scheduled to come in. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be here if his coach isn't here? I, I wouldn't think so. I don't would know. Going to have to re-recruit him. He's a top, top 40 player yeah. consensus nationally. He's going to have tons of people knocking his door, and he is... A pure point guard. Mm-hmm. He is not. Well, he plays point guard. He's really not a point guard. This is exactly what this team does. But that's the other part. And for the people still wanting to see, it's not fair to prom during this season yeah, to run him see, out. I'm trying. I'm seeing more and more of that. You know what it is? It's you go back to 
Look, Jamie Pollard waited a year too long on Paul Rhodes. Yeah. Now, it worked out because you wouldn't have had Matt Campbell the year before, in all likelihood. But the other part was, there was still a huge percentage of people, even after waiting a year too long, that said, whoa, right. pump the brakes. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's from Ankeny. He's one He's of us. He's one of us. Yes. Give him a chance. Um and it's that it's that crowd that has now picked up the uh, the mantle for Steve Prohm. You can't afford to keep them, folks. You can't. I get that it's a pandemic, and there's and the athletic department's budget is being tightened up. But there's going to be fans at Hilton Coliseum next year, and you're not going to want to pay to watch that product. You're just not going to. I have no idea uh, who's going to. This to me is going to be. I, I want to know who first comes up because it's inevitable now. It's going to happen. It feels With the way, replacement. Yes. If, if it's not T.J. Otzelberger, and I'm not sure it is, who's it going to be? Who's that coach that's going to move the needle? That coach that's going to move the needle, I think, has to be a Power 5 coach. Um, and I'm not sure that he's got a gig right now that he's going to give up to come and take Iowa State. If it's not, is, is it a guy that's like, is John Beeline's five years younger? He's, he's a guy you reach out <laughs> to, right? That's a really but good idea. Yes. Right, but he's not. Well, what about, let me throw this one at you. Mm-hmm. And somebody threw it at us a couple of days ago, and I didn't think much of it. Um, ben Jacobson. Okay. Just, he's been at UNI a long time. Yes. He's turned down some really good jobs. I, I don't want him to leave UNI, mm-hmm. but is is he... There's going to come a point in his life where it's going to be now or never right. type of thing, right? Um, you wouldn't have to leave the state if that's what it's about. If he, if he loved the state of Iowa, why wouldn't you? Well, maybe this last couple of weeks is why he wouldn't. <laughs> but it's everywhere sure. for the most part in the country. But what about him, Trent? I'm just, I, I want to know who first comes up with the name of when Jamie Pollard uh, sends out the uh, sends out the email or however he announces it on Twitter, whatever, um, who was first to come up with that name? So Ben Jacobson, a couple of knocks. One coming from the same place as Doug McDermott, Greg, or Greg McDermott. Yeah, and fair point. That's going to for a lot of people be difficult. The because you and I coach didn't work out the last yep. time. Is that what you're saying? The style of play is a difficult sell. But don't you want to see some defense at Hilton? I mean. You want to see winning basketball more than anything, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think it's just too difficult of a sell. And you have to be able to recruit. Mm-hmm. And recruiting there, as we saw with McDermott, it is a mm-hmm. different level. It You have to bring in the right kind of staff. And would Ben Jacobson be willing to do that? Kyle Green's been with him forever. Yep. AJ's dad. Right. You would think that's, worked. <laughs> you think that's going to be a package deal, though, if they're going to come. Now, you get AJ to come along with it. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a different type of conversation. But... I think that's too tough of a sell for for the UNI fans. I still like the idea. For the ISU fans. Or, yeah, ISU, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, I was looking at, at UNI here. Because the other part is Coach Jake's sons are now getting high school age. So the older son, I think, mm-hmm. is a freshman, maybe a sophomore at Cedar Falls High. And the other one is in middle school, just about there. So is the timing right for him? Mm. Is this something where you do it now? People say... His older son might be a better football player, might have a better chance of being a collegiate football player than he does on the hardwood. But you kind of get that component, too. Those are things we don't know. We don't have that inside. I still like my Archie Miller idea. Yeah, I do, too. And I've run it by some Cyclone fans, and I've been surprised how much eh, pushback. Yeah, like, eh. Kay's not coming here. 
All right, Calipari's not leaving Kentucky yeah. for you. It, your list that fans like to put together, mm-hmm. nine of those ten names usually are not even close to the kind of guy that you're going to get to come to your university. And because of that, you're looking for a guy that, yeah, does have a little bit of rust on him. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some warts. That's what you're going to get. But him at Dayton, what a lot of games. Yeah, He was a really good program mm-hmm. that he rebuilt. And at Indiana, they were going to be a tournament team last year. They're on the bubble this year. But he's recruited well. Isn't that what you want a recruiter, right? A guy that can bring guys in. And he's also one at a high level. I, I think some of the names that are out there are unrealistic. And the other ones, I don't know. I, I don't think it'll work at Iowa State with some of them. Who's it going to be? Yeah. I, will they go search firm? Uh, Has Pollard done search firm? Yeah, I think so. Just for like the background I information, right? Did. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, search I'm pretty firms, sure he did. They get a bad rap because... Well, you're an athletic director. That's mm-hmm. your job. What are you doing? The biggest part of a lot of these search firms is not actually getting the candidates, though some of them, that's what it is. But it is about doing the background check, doing the things that you're not going to find out a day after hiring. And here comes this bombshell newspaper story about what this guy did in the past. That's what these search firms do more than anything. Vet these guys and make sure you're not going to look like a moron a day later after you hired a guy. So let me throw out one name that's not going to go over very well. Nico Medved. Look what he's doing in the Mountain West. He's excellent. He's And, he, and he's lived in Iowa. He mm-hmm. knows our state. Now, he didn't live here long. Nope. Um, Less than a year, right? Right. He was, he, was, he was here and he was gone. But a Minneapolis guy, right? Grew up in Minnesota? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember where he's from. But I, I know think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Went to the University of Minnesota. Uh, and, and look at Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Colorado State's having some success. I don't know who it's going to be, but I, I think um, I think he's I think he's now. Does that move the needle for Cyclone fans? I, I don't know who you expect. Fred Hoiberg's not coming back. I, I know that that's the guy that um, you know. That's who everybody wants, right? Um, that's not going to be the guy. It's not going to be Fred Hoiberg. Would I love to see it? Yeah, of course I'd love to see it. That was an unbelievable era. And look at it's more fun to do. It's more fun to you. As a Cyclone fan, to watch your team when they're it's way more fun for us here in this building. All single, every single one of the four shows will tell you if, if you're if you're in the middle of the pack and there's a big game and it doesn't go your way, it's more fun to come to work the next day and, and even if you have to you know tear a strip off or mm-hmm. whatever. This isn't any fun. It's no fun at all. They lost again. Lost again. Details at ten oh five, ending at ten oh eight. Yeah, and and we're trying to find positives since George Con. They had he had a bucket. <laughs> he had a bucket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you thought he played better. Uh, Jeff's going to chime in. What about Nico Medved? I I like that name. The job that he did at Furman, starting his coaching career, Uh that is one of the more difficult jobs I've had national people tell me at the, that's not even mid-major, that's low-major level, an incredibly difficult academic institution to get guys in, and he won there. And he comes to Drake, and his one season, he won here. Mm -hmm. Got a rebound out of the team, and as good as we'd seen in quite a while with that. Now Colorado State, and he had a mess to clean up with the Rams. He's done a good job. Dude can coach. Yeah, he's apparently got, so. He's got Midwest ties in for Drake. And Ali Farouk Manesha on the bench. Yes. And the connection to Minnesota for Drake, that's a really good area to recruit, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because 
Well, right now there's only one D1 program. A second's going to be joining here as St. Thomas will become D1, I think, next season. But, Look, and there but was still. A, there was a kid from the state of Minnesota who got out of the state of Minnesota. I'm not saying if Nico Medved's the coach, he's going to come die. He went to Gonzaga. Um, oh, Jay Lutzak, yeah, he's not, pretty good. Yeah, he's not going to drink. <laughs> right, right. But, um, or, or Iowa State, but, but it is Medved. Well, look at how you and I built their program. Yes, it was a lot of the Ali Farouk Baneshes of the world, but the backbone of it was players from St. Paul, Minneapolis. Yeah. That's what it was, that Tartan program that sent so many great players to you and I. That's what it was. Nico, he can tap into that Minneapolis basketball scene. We'll, we'll see. Let's get a couple of calls in here, and then we'll get a break. We'll get Michael Swain in here, CycloneAlert.com. Part of 24-7 Sports, Kevin Lehman coming up as well. Jeff, welcome to the program. How you been? I've been great. How about you guys? Good, thanks. Good. Hey, I'm throwing out a name, former alumni, head coaching experience, Jeff Hornis. Yeah, you know what that means? What about the fact he's never coached college? Well, I, I agree. I mean, neither at Hoiberg. Neither had Hoiberg. Yeah. No, no. I don't think uh, Hornacek would want to go back to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. How I'm old is how old? I'll, I'll hang up. And Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. He's got to be what Hornacek mid fifties. All right. He was in college in the early mid eighties. Yeah, he's got to be in his mid fifties. Yeah. I've heard that from a couple of people. Jeff Hornacek. Would he come back? What's the relationship at Iowa State? Because was it was it a chilly at one point with him? Yeah, he'll turn fifty eight in May. Yeah, 50, I, th- I don't I know. thought there was something there that he, that sounds familiar yeah, yeah, when you brought be. it up, but I nothing jumps to mind. Uh, Brian is next. Brian, welcome to the program. How are you? For taking my call. Sure. Um, been listening to the conversation this morning. Um, Jake would not leave you and I. Yeah. Uh, he'll he'll be he'll be better the next two years than Iowa State will be. It's, He's learned from McDermott. He's not making the jump. Okay. Um, you know, there are very same reasons. He, I mean, Drake's going to be better than Iowa State the next two years. Brian, selfishly, I, think, I yeah. hope I hope DeVries stays there. I love what he's doing. As a as a as a U and I fan, I would love for DeVries to be out of the valley, but <laughs> right. I don't see him leaving for Iowa State, even if his son could come with him. I don't think you're going to get a Power Five retread. I mean, yeah. I, Arch, uh, Indiana's a better job than Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, if Archie Miller gets fired there, it's kind of hard to excite the Cyclone fan base with, okay, we got a retread from somebody who wasn't good enough for Indiana. Mm-hmm. I'm Jamie Pollard. I'm making one call, and that's to Craig Smith at Utah State. Uh, it's Another a, good one. Yeah, that's a name that came up. Uh, South Dakota, right, yeah, is right. where he started his career. Did a really nice job there, Brian, too. thank you for the call. I, I, Go ahead. You bet. Thanks. Oh, I, so, I was just going to say, I think he's from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coaches South Dakota. I think he was a finalist for the Drake job. Remember maybe, the name. Um, I, I think maybe Medved got. But, I mean, you look at what he did at South Dakota. You look at what he's done at Utah State. Um, Midwest guy who would love the increase in the – in uh, you know doing what he can at a bigger stage at a bigger university, got a chance. All right, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. I just wonder with, with that name, how would that would that name go over? And not that's one you're not going to win the press conference with, right? But in terms of accomplishments, in terms of what he has done, yeah. And, and where it was been. it was the Drake job. Uh, Brian's one hundred percent right. That's where I remember the name from the the, the job that he was involved in. It started uh, at the big level, North Dakota State, Colorado State, Nebraska as an assistant, then got that head job at at South Dakota. And since he has been at Utah State, he a good program in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of success, but went twenty eight and seven his first year, twenty six and eight in his second year. Where are they this year? Made the tournament both seasons. Have to 
find an update. Uh, Jim and then Michael, and then we got to get to our break. Uh, Jim is first. Jim, welcome. How are you? I'm good. I just I got to say this up front. I'm a Hawkeye fan, and I think Steve Prome is a class act. I, I, conversation makes me uncomfortable, but yeah. I think it's inevitable. But um, watching the game last night, I think Chris Collins is just getting tired of beating his head against the, yeah. the wall in the Big Ten Conference. Yeah. I, I don't know if that'd be somebody <laughs> in a heartbeat. I think he's a great coach. Yes, me too. So. Thought. Yep, uh, Jim. I appreciate. It. You know what? Open up that Chicago pipeline. Yes. You just wonder. Do you think he's getting sick or tired of being there? Mm-hmm. I've made the tournament. Got got that monkey off their yeah, back. And won a game. And won a game. Yeah. And had Gonzaga on the ropes in the round of thirty-two. Right. And then that uh, that um, what do they call him? A, a meme? Is that what? <laughs> with, with the crying kid? I yeah. Mean, it's just, I, you know, feel bad for the kid, and that's going to stick with him forever. But so our last one, Michael here. All right. Yep. He's he's told me a name off air. Okay. This is the second time I have heard this in less than twenty hours. Michael, throw your name out there, and this one is fun. I've told a lot of people this name, and I, it it always causes controversy. Rick Pitino at Iona. Mm-hmm. I think he could come to Ames. People, you know, sleep in a little town. He almost yeah. he could retire in Ames. Almost he would. Almost he could spend twenty years here. Everybody'd love him. Iowa State fans, even guys like Larry Hugh Stacey, who had uh, you know a ton of I love you, Stacey. Iowa State fans still love him. Yeah. Still love him. Yeah. So a guy like Patino, you know, he could come to Iowa State. It'd, I think it'd be attractive to him. I, it would just depend on if Pollard would want to. Yeah, figure the baggage. Out a name like that. You know, Michael, that's not awful. Um, that's an interesting name. Thanks for the call. I like I said, I've heard this now from two yeah. different people. The Louisville it, thing, though, Trent, it ended not. It ended poorly. Yeah, but. Now with the time away. Mm-hmm. He's paying his dues. He has. He went across the pond yeah. and he was coaching over there. Greece, right? Yeah. yeah. Came back. He is, there is no show cause How with him. How old is he now? He's got to be older than Beeline. Yeah, probably pretty close. He is 68. So they're the same age. 68. All right. You do that. Because when they first said Patino to me, I said, Little Ricky? That guy sucks. <laughs> See, I like him. Yeah, I know I, you I don't. don't. <laughs> we, that is one of our main, main yeah. di- disagreements with those two. Uh, and that's what I thought. Kind of like we talked the Archie Miller thing. A guy getting out before you get fired. All right. And, and I thought about it a little bit. All right. If there is one athletic department and one athletic director that has the cachet yeah, and the ability. You said this yesterday, and you're right. That can, all right, I'm doing it my way. Mm-hmm. It's Jamie Pollard at yeah. Iowa State. They trust him. They do. Yeah. As they should. Mm-hmm. Now, and he's got a lot of coaching hires wrong, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. But you're at any place. I think yep. most every athletic yep. director is going to have that. I just, that one is more intriguing than on the surface. Would he listen? Would Iowa State go that route? I don't know. I don't. I, I like the Chris Collins name, personally. Mm-hmm. A lot of good names. There is a lot of good names. Good work out of the colors today. And then, then your partner, too. Don't sleep on Nico Medved. That's a good one. I like that one. I like Nico. Um, I know the Drake fans got upset about the way he left. Well, the, sure. Almost tripling his salary. Right. What the guy to do. Right. He's had a lot of success yes, there. Yes, he has. And look, Colorado State fans are going to be pissed off when he leaves you. Yes. Because he's going to. That's what happens. I, I think he's on uh, his career's on. Uh, on he's, it's tracking towards a major job. Uh, we've got to do this. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Speaking of basketball, text the keyword PAY to 200-200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000. P 
pay to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Okay, Michael Swain, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Kevin Lehman on the Big Four. Cappy's here at 11.05, and then a couple of guests late in the show. Uh, Cody Goodwin uh, will go down to Wells Fargo Arena and Chris Dobertine on the brackets. Miller in Condon till noon, 1460 KX. No, 106. Closer to 6. Hi, Millery Condon. Welcome back. Come late. Let's uh, get right to our first guest of the morning, Michael Swain, CycloneAlert.com. Part of 24-7 Sports. Michael joins the program. Michael, Trent, and Ken, thank you, as always, for uh, coming on. Uh, it's difficult to watch this team. I'm guessing it's difficult to recap the games, etc. Uh, for what you do at uh, at at 24/7 at CycloneAlert.com. Boy, there was a time in that game though yesterday, Michael. Second half, and they cut it to I think it was at the seven, six or seven points. Thinking, you know what? These guys are going to mess around here and find a way to fin- win their first game, and then you you know blink of an eye, it goes the other way very very quickly. How are you? I'm doing great, and I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think that's maybe been a story of Iowa State's season so far where there are these moments in games where they look like, man, they might get that first Big 12 win or they might be able to pull out you know, a, a victory here, and then things happen, and usually it's, it seems to me more like it's on the offensive end. You look at the game yesterday afternoon, and Iowa State scores three points over the final, yeah. um, what was it, six minutes, 40 mm-hmm. seconds of game time. You know, you look back to the West Virginia game two weeks ago, they are leading early on in the first half. They really have a struggle at the end of the first half, then they really can't come back. I guess that's just kind of been what it's like for Iowa State this season, where there are these moments where you're just so close to um, getting that first win, and they show so many positive signs, only to kind of have it unravel there at the end. You look at what the future is going to be, and a guy that I continue to wonder about is Rasir Bolton, a guy that was at Penn State, we found out what happened to him at Penn State and some of the terms that were used by the coaching staff there that certainly were just heart-wrenching to read about. Yeah. But he's dealt with a lot of losses now in his career. He's playing out of position this year. He's not a point guard. Is that a guy that has enough, I don't know, into Iowa State that regardless if it's Prome coming back or a new coach coming in, that he's lockstep and going to be a cyclone for his final season? I don't know, and I think... To some degree, it, it could depend on maybe what happens and, and what the the turnovers like with the rest of his teammates. Mm-hmm. Because he does strike me as someone that is a leader of this team. You look at him just in terms of the way that he communicates with the other guys on the team, and it certainly seems like he's someone that's very well respected in the locker room and, and is very well respected in terms of the load that he has to take to even have Iowa State competing in some of these games where you look at the TCU game, he goes for like 26, 7, and 7, which is just a crazy stat line for a college point guard. And like you mentioned, he is out of position. So I think to some degree, if you are receivable, you you look to the future and you looked at, you know, you've got Tyrese Hunter coming in, who's a point guard who could then allow maybe receiver to go and play off the ball a little bit more where maybe he's been uh, shown more efficient flashes of what he can really be as maybe a, a secondary ball handler or a secondary scorer instead of having everything kind of put on his plate. Um, he's one that, you know, I, would be really big to keep around just because he is experienced. He has produced at the Big 12 level. And if you're looking at guys that, you know, you can build around on this team, I think he's certainly one of them. Yeah, Where is... um. 
uh, the the basketball program as far as the confidence that Blake Hinson is actually going to be a Cyclone mm. next year. I mean, he certainly could have helped this team this year, without a doubt. Uh, in the SEC at Ole Miss, he was, he was good as a freshman. He was better as a sophomore. And um, we, similar circumstances in some ways uh, that uh, drove Rasir Bolton away from Penn State has, um, has uh, got uh, Blake Hinson on his way to Ames. At least we thought. Will he be a Cyclone next year? Is that set in stone? I don't know. I think that's another one you kind of have to say we'll see because I think that for, and it's important to note for Blake Henson that he's missing this season here because of health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa State has not gone too much in depth of what those health issues are, but he's not playing and he's not really doing too many team oriented activities, but he's back on campus. And I think that is a Oh, he is. Thing. That's good. It, it, yes. So that's a big thing, honestly. If you're yep. looking at this from a big picture perspective, he didn't spend the fall semester on campus. He was back in Florida with his family. He came back just before, I believe it was the Baylor game um, in January. And so he's been back on campus with the team and the team is kind of, he's been a part of the group chats and all of that stuff when he was in Florida, but now he's able to kind of hang out with some of the guys outside of practice and being able to be around the team. And so it certainly seems like Iowa State has really gone a long way to try and make sure that he does feel like he's at home because it is a tough situation for him where you go from anticipating playing a college basketball season for a new program, a new coach, a fresh start, to all of a sudden the pandemic doesn't necessarily uh, go the way some expected it to where it gets kind of worse in the winter now, and then he's not able to play, and then he has to be home, and then he's away from the team. He's not around other guys. But then to get him back on campus now to where he can kind of be a part of the team and be build that camaraderie with some of the teammates, I do think that's big for his long-term future at Iowa State. You know, Ken and I, we can kind of dabble in the wild speculation as we did in the first segment before a guy's actually been fired in Steve Frome. How about you? You're early in your career. This will be your first, if it does come to fruition, your first coaching hire. Are you ready for this? Because It's good for business. Uh-huh. And I've talked to people in the in the business side of it and that have gone through it the first time. Your head's going to be swimming. Are you ready to go if it comes to fruition, Michael? If it does, I'll definitely be ready for it. I was kind of lucky enough to get to watch the uh, on my time at the Kansas beat. I watched Les Miles get hired. Okay. There's a little bit of experience there, which is very helpful. But, yeah, I'll be ready for it if it does end up happening. And if it doesn't, We'll have plenty of stuff looking at what Iowa State could look like next year. Yeah, I just, I just don't think that there's any way it doesn't happen. I think we're going to, uh, we're going to be down that path here within the next month. So, what uh, on on your message boards? And I know it's fans, but what, who do they want? And have you seen any, you know, r- names realistically that might fit? Are you at that point yet? Who do, you, who do the folks at Cyclone Alert when they're posting after another loss and they go on there and they're all wound up? Uh, who do they want? Yeah, so it sounds like kind of the, the big name right now is T.J. Altsoberger. Yeah. Um, of course, he has ties to Iowa State. He's the head coach at UNLV, um, was a, an assistant on Fred Hoiberg's coaching staff, and he's one that has done a really good job on the recruiting trail. And if you're looking at maybe uh, in terms of what he would bring, if you're thinking of a potential new head coach, he's someone that would bring um, a really good prowess on the recruiting mm-hmm. trail, a lot of Midwest ties, maybe a little bit different than Steve Prohm's approach of some of more of the southern ties and maybe a little bit of sprinkling across the Midwest. He very much seems like a coach that's very tapped into the Midwest. And it seems like there's been, you know, I think it's also people just bringing up names, but people have brought up Fred Hoiberg. But I think the way things are going in Nebraska, I don't know about that. You know, just with the recruiting class he has coming in, you know, I guess just in general, the the team building, and I don't even know the, the contract would have to be 
figured out too, which is a big one. But I do think, you know, TJ Altsberger is definitely the, the big name that has kind of been floated around as the, the, the potential candidate. One name I saw on a list, uh, and I figure you have some insight with your Kansas connections, was Jarrett Howard, an assistant with KU. Anything at all that you could shed light on if they wanted to go to the Big 12 assistant route? Howard considered a really good recruiter. Is he ready for that kind of step and taking a Big 12 job as his first job? I don't think so. Um, if you're looking at Big 12 assistants that would be potential good head coaches, I would maybe say Jerome Tang out of Baylor. Heard that name, be too. One. He, he is so well-respected, and he has really helped Scott Drew rebuild Baylor. But as for Jarrett Howard, he's someone that at Kansas is really someone that plays a big role on the recruiting trail. He's really big on being kind of an energy guy. He's one of the coaching staff members. Um, but in terms of being ready for a head coaching position, I don't know. Um, if he's maybe at that point yet. Uh, but I think he's one that could, down the road, end up in, in that spot. But I just don't know if right now would be the right opportunity for him. So what have we got left to reschedule? Obviously, the K-State game still hasn't come back. Uh, the Iowa State was going to play Texas tomorrow, but that game got shelved in place. I guess the league wanted to see Oklahoma and Texas because it means something at the top of the standings. I, I'm guessing. I don't know why else they would have done it. Now that game is off. So there's only two, Michael, to make up K-State and now Texas, is that right, or am I missing one? We've got Texas Tech on the road as okay. well. So we've got two road games in Kansas State and Texas Tech, and then the Texas game. Um, it, it doesn't sound like those are going to get made up this week. So it, in terms of looking long-term, it seems like that week break in mm-hmm. between when the conference slate ends and when the Big 12 tournament starts, that seems like that's going to be the big reschedule week. Um, so for Iowa State, you're looking at really the, the big opportunity to get your win of the season at Kansas State. Um, that's a big one. And then, you know, I think it'd be tough to project a win for Iowa State at Texas Tech or at home to Texas just with the way those two programs have been playing as of late. But, yeah, I think the big thing for Iowa State fans is if you're looking at the schedule and really trying to stay in tune with that is, you know, when's that Kansas State game going to get rescheduled? Mm-hmm. Not guaranteeing it's going to be a win, but that's just – Really, when you look at the schedule, it's that and then the at-home to TCU, um, that last game of the scheduled season right now. Those are really kind of the big opportunities left for Iowa State. Indeed. Michael Swain, uh, Cyclone Alert, 24-7 Sports. Michael, thank you what you do for us. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Definitely. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Michael Swain, CycloneAlert.com. One uh, football note, I was reading Michael's, uh, he has an updated list on everybody coming back for Iowa State football, and it's a really good rundown. One thing I didn't realize, did you see this? Latrell Bankston, we saw, was on mm-hmm. his way to Louisiana. Yep. You know where he ended up, though? No. Houston. Really? He's going with the Cougars, yeah. I they, thought he was going to Louisiana. That, that's what he announced on Twitter, and then when Houston announced uh, a new signing, they also had a graphic ready for Latrell Bankston. Maybe he'll end up somewhere else. I, I don't get why he left I here. Did, but, right uh, there with he <laughs> well, he maybe, did. Maybe it was the weather. <laughs> don't blame him there. Um, Blake Henson came back to that weather yeah. from Florida. That's good. That's positive. It is. That, that he's part of the program. We, mm-hmm. We're not going to have much time with Kevin Lehman. If we don't quit talking, so we will. 1460KXNO.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Welcome back, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. 
10 minutes before the hour of 11. Cubs fans plan the parade route. Pedro Strope is a Cub. Ooh, the sideways hat. Yeah, he's back, baby. Copy coming up in about 15 minutes right now. Kevin Lehman joins the program as we go around the Big Four. College Hoops Wise. Uh, Kevin, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Let's uh, go back to your weekend. You spent it at the Knapp Center Saturday and Sunday. Boy, what a difference the two games were. Uh, Drake needed it, and they got it out, Kevin. It wasn't the prettiest basketball down the stretch, but a win's a win, and good for Drake, and maybe better for the Valley because it keeps those two bids alive. How are you, and did you see it that way? Ken, I think you're on spot 100%. Uh, the Valley needed a split to keep both those teams in the conversation for at-large bids. and Yeah, it was not pretty on Sunday, but to come back from – what they did on Saturday, that second half, the Bulldogs played so poorly. I give Darren DeVries all sorts of credit. We saw him do it a year ago. Remember, Northern Iowa came to the Napster last game of the season and blasted the Bulldogs. Five days later, Darren DeVries turns it around, and they beat him down there in uh, Valley Terminus. So this reminds me a little bit of that type of series, although this was back-to-back. But in the last, what, 13 seconds? Loyal's got the ball in their basket yeah. <laughs> three times. Right. Drake stops him three times. Uh-huh. Take him, Pill. Going to be mm. out now. There was a report yesterday that possibly he could be back for the MVC tournament. Jeez. Still, even with that, you're pushing things here. How different this Drake team is without Tank out there and what they can do to combat his loss on the bench and some of the guys that nearby need to step up? Well, I'll give you Darren DeVries' comment when I asked him who he was going to start uh, on my visit with him Friday on Zoom. He said Garrett Sturts for mm-hmm. Tank Hemphill. He said those two couldn't be any more opposite <laughs> of the spectrum in athletic ability. <laughs> but Sturts brings so much to that table, guys. I mean, he so is smart. on the glass. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, the things that he does. He kept so many of those offensive rebounds alive, mm-hmm. even though he did not cr- get credit with them. But Hey, this guy's the best. He's the best walk on the valley. <laughs> I know he's no longer a walk on, but boy, I love the way that kid plays. Anyway, he's a buck seventy-five. Everyone always tries to take him in the block and post up Garrett Sturts. He just fights him tooth and nail in there. No, I'm with you, Kevin. I love the way he plays, and uh, he's he's a he's a will guy as opposed to a skill guy. And you got to put place uh, for those guys on every team uh, that they that they don't have a ton of skill, but what they uh, don't have, they make up for in will. And he is one of those dudes. So, what happened at the end of the game on sa- on sa- on Sunday, rather, Kevin? You had a front row seat for it. I'm not sure if your ESPN duties kept you from looking at what was going on. I liked it. I mean, it, it sets a tone for if when these two teams. Assuming we see them again, kind of leaves them with a little going away message. I think it's great for the conference. I think it brings buzz to the game. Um, I think probably whatever it was was overblown and forgotten very quickly. But at the same time, it plants the seed for the rematch if we get it. It certainly does. And what you're talking about, the dust up up at the end. And it started, I believe, with a couple players chirping back at the Loyola bench, a couple of Drake players. And from my understanding, it was a carryover from the day before when some words were said. But in the end, it was two coaches going at it, one from Drake <laughs> and one from uh, from Loyola, two assistant coaches. And there were, there were people, I mean, each had three players or other coaches holding them back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there were some words spoken, and it could have got ugly, uh, especially if you had a, a Napster that was full of 
six, seven thousand people, mm-hmm. and they were still in there because this uh, it was not a pretty ending. But I'm kind of with you, Ken. It adds a little luster yes. to this rivalry we've got going between Loyola and Drake. There's a couple of schools of thought out there for Drake. Of course, winning the MVC tournament that's an automatic bid. Losing the title game probably in good shape unless things go sideways here at the end of the regular season. Can they afford one more loss before that title game if we fast forward to that? Do you think there's enough meat on that resume, or do they have to be perfect all the way to the championship game? Trent, they have to be perfect. Mm. Uh, Here's what they've got. At Northern Iowa, and we're going to talk quad one win or quad wins. You're probably getting tired of hearing that, but what they have left is quad three and quad four games. So the blemish on the resume right now is that loss at Valpo. Uh, they cannot afford another one. This was huge against Loyola because it gives them the quad one win that they were looking for. So when you look at what they've done in the uh, in that quad one, quad two category, Drake is five and one. And I'll give you an example: like Hawkeyes have eight wins in quad one, quad two, but they got chances down the road with Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan to get three or four more of those. Drake does not have that opportunity. And here's a number. This makes this whole thing confusing, guys. Take the net, try to put it in perspective. Okay, so here's what happened in 2019 because we didn't have a tournament in 2020. Belmont, right now, Drake's at a 35 on the net. Belmont got in with a 47. Temple got in with a 46 net. NC State got left out with a 33 net. And here's what's even more confusing. St. John's gets in the tournament in 2019 with a 73 net. So who knows hmm. what this committee's looking at? It's just uh, there's some craziness there. And I think they, in the end, they're going to say, how strong was your, uh, was your schedule, especially non-conference? Uh, do you have the game tonight, Kevin? Do you have you and I, Drake? No, I do not. It's going to be Adam Evanecker. It's going to have oh, good. Wells. Good. Uh, he uh, he had the yeah. game with uh, he had Saturday's Valpo game uh, with Mitch Holtis on the call. So good for you and I. I guess where I'm going, it kind of mirrored what we watched at the Nap Center, Kevin. You and I gets blown out on Saturday, comes back and and uh, and nuts up and, and and wins a game on Sunday after not looking good on Saturday. Uh, so what do you expect tonight from this uh, from the Panthers and the Bulldogs? Well, here's the thing with the Bulldogs. This is their sixth game in twelve days. Wow. Emotional weekend. I mean, not only the weekend, but the loss of Hemphill on Wednesday, trying to recover from that Thursday, Friday, that battle with Loyola. So how much do they have in the tank emotionally? Because it's an in-state rivalry. And this is a Northern Iowa team. We know they struggled, but we've seen glimpses of them putting it together. To me, Northern Iowa goes where Noah Carter goes. When he plays mm-hmm. well, they win games. When he disappears, they don't. Uh, so can... The Drake pull another one, the emotion up, and and get another win up there. Because we know, and here's what happened that game just a week ago. They blasted the Panthers on the glass, 42 rebounds to 26. And that doesn't happen very often to a Ben Jackson team. We'll see if they turn that around. 12 offensive rebounds Drake had against you and I. I don't see that happening again. I think it's going to be a close one, guys. You want to know? I think it's going to I be do too. Two the last couple of minutes. But, but I, I think Drake will gut this one out and win it. Point spread, five and a half, at least at uh, DraftKings at last check on that one. A little bit tighter than I anticipated. Kevin Lehman joining us. Kevin, we'll get you out on this over to Iowa City. The Hawkeyes get right in a week with a 30-point win in East Lansing. It feels good. Beat Rutgers. And the defense, especially that man defense, seems to be playing 
better. Fran, maybe challenge this group, and we got to give better effort on the defensive end. What are you seeing with the Hawkeyes? Oh, I'm with you, Tritt. Uh, those last three games, I'm going to throw Indiana in there, too, where they lost. Yeah, They're holding opponents under 64 points a game. That doesn't happen with a Fran McCaffrey team <laughs> in the past. And if you look at their defensive shooting percentage, what they're holding people defensively, it's pretty good, too. I like Michigan State, 35%, just 28%. Uh, from three. So you can go down the line there and you see this is a much better defensive team. And Fran admitted we're playing too much zone. We have to play more man to man. And I, you guys are basketball dudes. When you play man to man, it helps your rebounding. Mm-hmm. They're blocking out better. They're getting better on the glass because they've got some man to man responsibilities at the defensive end. So that, and you throw in what Wieskamp's doing. Yeah. I think we got the Iowa team on an uptick. Yeah, Wieskamp's, uh, he's really playing well, no doubt about it. Kevin, we're out of time. Great stuff. Thank you for what you do for us. Wash your systems of Iowa sponsors, and we'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, Kevin. Have a great week. All right. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Yep. Good to talk to you, Kevin Lehman, uh, as we talk a little in state hoopage. Uh, off we go to Illinois. David Kaplan is next. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.